Green Bay. What's up, y'all? How y'all doing? Y'all good? Good. I tell you, I am peacock proud and hyena happy to be here today. I called my mama. I said, Mama, I'm going to Green Bay. She said, good, son. Are there any black people in Green Bay? I, I said, Mama, I don't think so. But I'm telling you, I've been here about three days in Troy. I think, including this service, eight, nine, I didn't count about ten black people. I'm so excited. This is the motherland. Yes. I'm so over the back. Let's make that 12. All right. Go ahead on. Okay. I mean, honestly, the first service was a little slim, but you represent in this one. This is, that's how we were sleeping late. That's what we was doing. That's what, this is, what's up, y'all? All right. Okay. And that's what that was jokes. All right. All right. Um, what do I want to talk about? Um, I, I'm excited to be here, and let me just tell you, um, your, your pastor has taken good care of us. We've been uh, eating good, uh, we've been hanging good, it's just been a blessed opportunity. I love Troy because Troy is one of those preachers, he, he just makes you really think. Um, you can't be a lazy listener when you listen to Troy. Troy has one of those gifts where he takes the scriptures and he bends your mind and he forces you to see it in a different way. And most of the time it's comfortable, sometimes it's a little irritating. Uh, be, because some days you're like, God, I don't want you to mess with me right there. And Troy's just, uh, uh, you know. So I praise God uh, for men of God who preach this book um, in season and out of season, uh, regardless of um, status quo or popularity. Um, and I'm convinced that if God loves churches, and displays his love to churches according to the pastors that he gives them. I am convinced that God loves Green Bay Community Church very, very, very much. Very much. Amen. Amen. I, have a, I have two little girls, so I'm not quite a Murphy family yet. Uh, but I'm almost there. Are your, your daughters here? This is one of your daughters. Is this the only one that's here? Okay. Troy, where, where are your children? <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Talk about that next time. That'll be the next sermon when I come back. No, I'm just saying. All right. All right. Um, tell you a little bit about my family, um, but y'all know black preachers preach long, so I got to hurry up and get into it. So I'll give you the edited version. I met this fine girl. I got her number. Uh, we went out on a date, kissed, got married, kissed some more, and had two kids. Psalm 23 <laughs> is where you can find me. Psalm 23 is where you can find me this morning. As we turn to this for me, no, seriously, Psalm 23. Go ahead, go there. Y'all, y'all are looking like, yeah, let's, let's um, As we turn to Psalm 23, it's, it's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, I want to caution you um, before you see the text. You're like, okay, I've heard that before. Don't relax too quickly. Um, it is my prayer that God will give us fresh ears and fresh eyes to see these ancient words once again for the very first time. So as we read these words, would you tune your ear to his voice and may these ancient words come alive this morning in a fresh, new, and very real way. Amen? Amen. Psalm 23. Um, I, um, I just have my Bible up here, but I know it by heart, but I, I'm just supposed to hold it. Um, so I'll end up reading several versions because I still got the King James that my grandmother taught me in my head and I just cannot get away from it. Anybody else like that? King James just stuck in there. Yeah, so um, but that's not the only way, but you know, it's just so poetic. All right, all right. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the 
peaceful, still, quiet waters. Uh, He restores my soul. Uh, He leads me in paths of righteousness. I love this. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Uh, Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Uh, You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege of opening up your word. Uh, I pray that as we come before you in these next few moments, that you would tune our ear to your voice, that we may hear you. Uh, Open our hearts, uh, turn our hearts toward you, that we may see you. Open our minds, that we may fully grasp what you would have us to do with this word. God, I pray that you would be with us and bring about the transformation that only you can bring. Now, Father, I pray that you would stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, may may they be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was a little boy, that was this commercial that I loved. A commercial probably not too appropriate for a Sunday morning, uh, but here we go. Uh, it's a commercial about Rolaids, a Rolaids commercial. And in um, uh, the Rolaids commercial, the, their ad was, their spin was, uh, how do you spell relief? How do you spell relief? And then they would write on the chalkboard, they would write R-O-L-A-I-D-S, uh, Rolaids, which parenthetically can be very confusing for a little boy who's trying to learn his spelling words. Um, uh, but, that, but don't worry, mama was there. She had working out the tutor and uh, we got it all worked out. But um, they, they would say, um, how do you spell relief? And they would go on and they would spell Rolaids. Uh, implication, whenever you found yourself in a situation where you needed some uh, personal relief, uh, don't, don't look at me like you ain't never needed no personal relief. Uh, I've seen what y'all eat in Green Bay. All that cheese, y'all know y'all need some relief at times. Amen, somebody, all right? She said, so, so Rolaids would say, whenever you find yourself in that situation where you need some relief, we want you to automatically think Rolaids. So how do you spell relief? R-O-L-A-I-D-S, Rolaids, because when you need relief, we want you to think Rolaids. Um, that, that's a word I'm going to talk about in our service today, and it's a word um, that can oftentimes get caught up as um, what I like to call Christianese. Uh, it's a word that we throw around in Christian circles, but, but I want to challenge us this morning because while we throw the word around, I, I, I worry if it's lost its weight in substance. Uh, this morning, I'm going to talk about trust. 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 And I'm going to ask you the question... How do you spell trust? Uh, With the hope of after looking at this psalm and listening to David and watching David's journey through Psalm 23, that we would leave this place, get in our car, spelling trust a different way. Uh, My my prayer is that we would leave this place spelling trust a different way. And we would allow David uh, in Psalm 23, in this psalm, to help give us a picture. Uh, uh, All throughout this psalm, you see pictures that will flash up. And, And my prayer is that David would give us a picture to see what trust looks like. Amen? In order to get started, all I need are the first three words of the psalm. The first 
three words of this psalm, and they are, the Lord is. I just want to leave that dangling out there for a little while. He is. He is. Because truth be told, if, if you don't get those first three words, you can't even begin to try to comprehend the rest of this psalm. The Lord is. All that was, all that is, and all that ever will be, he is. He is the first, he is the last. He is the alpha, he is the omega. He is the beginning, he is the end. He is the creator of all things. All things flow from him. He is the centerpiece of our life. The Lord is. Nothing that is, is without him. He is. All that is, all that ever will be, he is. You can hit rewind, go all the way back to the beginning of time, and he was there. Hit fast forward, go all the way to the end of time, he will still be there. The Lord is. That which was, that which is, and that which will is to come. He is. Ah, one of the biggest implications, if the Lord is, that means we ain't. We, we, we ain't. We ain't. We ain't. We ain't. We ain't. Uh, that may be news to some of you because all this time you thought it was you. But it's not you. It's him. He is. Uh, he is. Implication, we ain't. I want you to turn to the person sitting beside you. Uh, literally turn your head. Uh, and then I want you to open up your mouth and say, say, neighbor, you ain't. Somebody needed to hear that this morning. Some, some of you have been waiting to tell them that for about 20 years. 20 years you've been wanting to say that. And I finally gave you the freedom. You ain't now. That's the only sermon talk. When you get in the car, you can't say that again. That was, that, this was an anointed moment, all right? I can't promise that the anointing going to be there later. If you're in the car. Yeah, I told you you ain't. And, uh, no, 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 no. Man. Not, not a good move. Not a good move. He is. One of our biggest problems is that many times we assume this arrogant posture in our life and we begin to assume that we are. We are in control. We make decisions. We are the author and the finishers of our faith. We navigate our lives. We have the power to make decisions about who we want to be, where we want to be, where we want to go, how long we want to be there. We don't have that kind of power because he is and you ain't. Some of us, we put ourselves on the seat of control. We put ourselves on the, on the pedestal and we worship ourselves. We worship our own ideas and we think that we can navigate our own life and determine what direction we want to go. But in order for you to understand what it means to trust God, the first thing that you need to realize is that the Lord is and you ain't. The Lord is. He is. All that I will ever need, he is. Think we're ready for the next word? The Lord is mine. I love him. He says, he, he's not some God out there in the cosmos somewhere, but I can have a personal relationship. All that he is, it belongs to me. All that he is, I can have a relationship with. All that he is, uh, it, it's personalized. He is mine. There's an old hymn that says, all that he is, he is all that within me. So all that he is resides and dwells within me. I can have a personal relationship. I can walk with him. I can talk with him. He's not some distant God that I can't uh, grasp or that, can't, can't, that, that doesn't understand me or that doesn't walk with me. He walks with me, with me. He talks with me. He tells me that I'm his own. The Lord is my. He, he's big enough to rule the world, but, but, but imminent enough to dwell within the confines of my heart. The Lord is my. I love it because he's a personal God. He knows my name. He can count the hairs on my head, and he can really count the hairs on Troy's head. Uh, uh, 
He is my. He, he is. I have a personal relationship. He knows me. He understands me. He loves me. The Lord is. And all that he is, he is all that within me. The Lord is my. I think we're ready for the next word. Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. He, he puts a description on it. He, 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 he adds a dynamic to this relationship because every relationship has a dynamic. Every, every relationship, my, my wife and I, our, our relationship, it has a dynamic. Uh, she tells me what to do and I do it. That's the, that's the dynamic in my house. Uh, so this, this idea of a shepherd, it, it, it puts a description. It gives us a picture of how this relationship functions. Because the shepherd's job is to watch over the sheep, uh, is to, to provide for the sheep, to, to cover the sheep, to protect the sheep, to, to go and anticipate the needs of the sheep, to go before the sheep, to, to go after the sheep, well, to, to guide the sheep. That's the, that's the job of the shepherd. Well, uh, if that's the job of the shepherd, uh, uh, let's, let's, if that's what the shepherd is, then let's talk about the sheep. Well, a quick Wikipedia study of sheep will show that sheep are, um, huh, how can I say this? Uh, sheep are um, uh, dumb. Uh, <laughs> sheep, sheep are dumb. So if the Lord is the shepherd and we are the sheep, um, huh? Uh, I, I, I think we all just got called dumb. That's exactly right. Because every now and then, we need, to, we need to be reminded that we're dumb. We, we need to be the, reminded that we're the ones in this relationship that have no idea what we're doing. We, we, we need to understand that in this relationship, we're the ones that have no control. We're the ones that are ignorant in this relationship. Sheep are dumb. And if the Lord is the shepherd, then I'm the sheep. That means we are the sheep. Far too many times we consider ourselves to be shepherds when we really are sheep. Far too many times we, we, we wake up in the morning and we act like shepherds. And he, David says, if you don't understand anything in this passage, you need to understand that the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I'm the sheep. That means the shepherd is the one that is. And the sheep is the one that ain't. It ain't good English, but it's great theology. The Lord is my shepherd. Here it is. Therefore, I shall not want. Now, if you're anything like me, you can immediately see many conflicts with that statement. I look at my life and I say, Lord, I just don't know how I can do this because when I look at my life, there are a whole lot of things that I want. Uh, I want more square footage in my house because my wife's shoes take up everything. All the room, all the closets, can't even go in the bathroom, try to get a towel. No, there's some stilettos in the little towel pantry uh, because, because she has shoes all over the place. So, Lord, I want more square footage. So I got a whole lot of wants. I got a whole lot. We're working through counseling. We're going through. We're talking about it. Uh, let's pray for us. We're working it out. Uh, and then we look at passages like Psalm 37, verse 4, where it says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, then he will give you the desires of your heart. And many times we take that to believe that, oh, if we just delight ourselves in the Lord, then he'll give us whatever we desire. He'll give us whatever we want. No, 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 no. We're too carnal for that. We're, we, we, we're drenched in humanity. We're too carnal for that because, you know, we'll, we'll desire somebody else's wife. 
We'll desire somebody else's husband. We'll desire somebody else's job, even if it means you got to lose your job so I can get your job, but I want your job. We'll have all kinds of desires. We'll be praying that Erica Cain can get married and stay married on all my children. Forget that we have one life to live and that we all should live by the guided light. And although we're young and restless, we got to be bold and beautiful in the spirit of God. So, so, so we, we would take that, think that he'll just give us whatever we desire. No, 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 no. He says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, watch this. He'll give you what to desire. He'll teach you what to desire. He'll give you the desires of your heart because you're too carnal to desire the right thing. So God is going to give you his desires and he'll give you a thirst for, uh, uh, and, and, and hunger for righteousness. He'll give you a thirst and hunger for doing the right thing and for his divine will. So when it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Is because of the dynamic of this relationship and because he's the shepherd and I'm the sheep, I shall not want anything outside of the shepherd's provision. Did you see that? Since the Lord has given me my desires, he's teaching me what to want. He's developing my palate so that I might thirst and hunger after righteousness. So because of the Lord being my shepherd, I shall not want or desire or thirst or hunger for anything outside of his divine will. I only want your will for my life. Big implications. Huge implications. For some of us, that means you, you, you need to go home and break up with your boyfriend. Because you're in a relationship that didn't come from the shepherd. The shepherd didn't do that. You did that. Oh, hello in the room. It's tight, but it's right. Some of you need to send him a text. Jimmy, we got to talk. Why? What's wrong? Psalm 23. <laughs> we'll talk later. Because you wanted that relationship, but that didn't, desire didn't flow from the shepherd. It, fl- it flowed from you and from your, your own desires and from your own wants. And then when the relationship goes bad, we go trying to bring it to the shepherd, saying, shepherd, can you fix this? And he's like, fix what? Are you in a relationship? I knew nothing about it. Fix what? Oh, you're, you're in a job that you don't like? Wow, I knew nothing about it because I never told you to take that job. Wow, you're in a major that's frustrating you and distracting you. You don't understand. That's interesting. I didn't know you were majoring in, in basket weaving. I never ta- we never talked about that. So we find ourselves as wayward sheep bringing stuff to the shepherd that he never signed off on to begin with. Says So when you recognize that the Lord is my shepherd, then you decide that I don't want anything outside of the shepherd's provision. So if the shepherd ain't providing it, then I'm not wanting it. So I take all of my wants, all of my desires, and I lay them at the feet of the shepherd. And I do like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We've been here before. You know this. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass. But watch this. Nevertheless, not my will, not my desires, not my wants, but thy will, thy desires, thy wants be done. So our challenge is to take our wants, lay them at the feet of the shepherd and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want anything outside of the Lord's provision. Got any wants this morning? Got any desires this morning? Got any things that fall outside of the Father's will that you've been wrestling with? Some of you are in relationships now that fall outside of the Father's will. Some of you are pursuing 
careers and pursuing projects that fall outside of the Father's will. And, and there's some of you that are just kind of don't know and kind of cloudy. I understand that. But I'm more specifically talking to those you clearly know. Yeah, you, you clearly know. Just when I said the relationship thing, you clearly know you're in a relationship that stands outside of the Lord's desires and his wants. The Lord is. And if he is your shepherd, then you shall not want anything outside of his provision. Selah. Old Testament word, but think about that. Think about that. What you going to do with that? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want. I think we're ready for the next part. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Oh, man. Why you got to make me lie down? We can't just work it out. I can't just lie down. Why you got to make me, man? Jesus says, I'll make you lie down. Albert, why I got to make you lie down? Because you're so busy and you got so much stuff going on in your life and you got so many distractions and so many areas and so many things pulling you and so many things grabbing onto your mind to where you'll just go and go and do and do and do and do and you will never take time to rest. You'll never take time to trust me. Sabbath has become some option for you and in your mind it's fallen out of the Ten Commandments so you think you can just opt and choose when you do Sabbath, when you rest. But he says, I love you too much, Albert, to keep you like this so even if I have to make you lie down I'll make you lie down and I was studying this in college closer study of shepherds and how they lead the sheep if that was a shepherd that had a wayward sheep and the sheep kept going off the path you know what he would do? blew my mind couldn't believe it blew my mind he would take the wayward sheep and break his legs. Break his legs, and throughout the sheep's rehabilitation, he would carry the sheep everywhere they went because the shepherd would be retraining the sheep because the sheep had learned this dependence, this, 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 this independence where he, he didn't need the shepherd. So the shepherd would remind the sheep of his dependence upon the shepherd. And he says, I'm going to carry you. I got to break you. I love you too much to leave you the way that you are. So sheep, I'm going to break you, but then I love you too much to leave you. I'm going to carry you. And watch this. And I'm going to make you lie down. Where? In green pastures. Green pastures, not in dry places, not in a drought, not in the desert, but I'm going to lay you down where there's nourishment for your soul. I'm going to lay you down in my provision. So even if I have to break you, I'm going to lay you down in places that provide thirst and hunger, that, that provide satisfaction for your soul. It says, I'll make you lie down in green pastures. You know, you know camels... When they travel, they're, they're a beast of burden. They carry uh, the luggage. They carry the baggage. They, they'll carry the burden of the travelers. Um, and camels were known for their ability to go long distances with, with little water because they carried their waters in their humps. So, you say, after a long journey, when it was time to take the burden off of the backs of the camels, the driver would have a problem because the camel had been standing for so long that he wouldn't bend his knees. So the driver literally would have to get twigs and sticks and have to whack away, whack away at the camel's legs 
Sometimes even to the point of breaking of skin, even to the point to where the legs would get a little bloody and the camel would whack and whack and whack and slowly but surely the camel would slowly begin to bend his knees and finally fall down. And when the camel would finally get down on his knees, then the driver could roll the burden off of the camel's back. But it wasn't until the camel fell down on his knees could the driver roll the burden off the back. All I'm trying to say, Green Bay, is that every now and then the Lord will have to bring us down to our knees. Not to break us, not to destroy us, but to remove the burden away in our life. Because some of us are carrying burdens and we're carrying the weight and we're running around and we're saying, pray for me so I can have more strength. Pray for me so I can hold on. And the Lord is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want you to hold on. I don't want you to have more strength. I want you to be broken and weak before me. I want you to fall down before me because when you bow down and when you're broken before me, then I can take the burden away from your life. I know we come to church. I know we hear these messages where we hear, be strong and, and be strong and, and hang in there. But if Paul was here, he may tell you, be weak and throw in the towel. Because Paul would say, when I was weak, I asked the Lord for more strength. I said, Lord, just remove it, the thorn. The Lord said, no, 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 no. My grace is sufficient. Come on, God, take it away. My grace is sufficient. And then Paul said, but in my weakness, I found out that his strength is made perfect. How did his strength be made perfect? In his weakness. Maybe, throw me my towel. Maybe, maybe the goal for you, thanks. Parenthetically here, little cultural thing. Black folks, when we preach real hard, we sweat. <laughs> but I've never in my life sweated that much. <laughs> this is a big towel, Troy. This is a big towel. All right. I'm going to make it preach, though. We'll make it work. Maybe this Sunday, God doesn't want you to leave with more strength. Maybe this Sunday, he wants you to leave weak. Because it's in his weakness, it's in your weakness that his strength is made perfect. And the reason why you've been struggling for so long, the reason why you've been through in this season for so long is because you've been strong for so long. You've been holding it together for so long and you fail to remember that it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, said the Lord. And he's saying, I can't be strong in your life because you're too strong in your life. I can't be strong in your children's life because you're too busy being in the way. I can't be strong in your finances because you're too strong in your finances. I can't be strong in this marriage because you're too strong in this marriage but if you just throw in the towel and say Lord I'm weak Lord I surrender and I fall down before you then he'll roll the burden away because Green Bay he loves you enough to make you lie down he says I'll make you lie down in green pastures he says I'll lead you beside the shh, quiet still waters because 
Your life, your life, your life is so loud. The anxiety in your life is so loud. Your relationships are so loud. Your addiction to pornography, it's so loud. Your stress levels are so loud that you can't hear and receive the restoration that I have for you. So I'm going to lead you beside the shh, still quiet waters. The still quiet waters. And I'm going to turn the anxiety down. I'm going to turn the addiction down. I'm going to turn the lust down. I'm going to turn the, the stress over the children down. I'm going to turn the, the, the marriage down because it's all consuming you. And as I turn it down, you will realize that is it in this place where you no longer have to run on empty. Let's just tell the truth. You've been running on empty for a long time. And you've been getting by, but you really ain't been getting by. Your kids clearly see you're on empty. Because when you get home, you have nothing left. But when you go to work, you have nothing left. When you sit in the classroom, you have nothing left. And when you have time to, to try to spin and try to sit before God, you, you have nothing left. So coming in here to raise your hands, it's a struggle because you have nothing left. But he says you don't have to run on empty because as I turn the noise of your life down, it is in this place where I will restore your You've been running on empty for so long. You have no clue how much you even need me. He says, in this place, I want to restore your soul. And I can hear you. You're saying, Lord, I got too many bills to have that kind of long restoration. Can't you just do that in about 45 minutes in a prayer? God, I got to go to work. I don't, I got to spend time. No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with you taking off. It more so has to do with you taking in. Taking in the fountain of the love of the Lord that's flowing freely every single day of your life. He says, I want to turn the noise of this world down so that I can restore your soul. And he says, no, 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 we're definitely going to be moving. We're definitely going somewhere. He says, because I'm going to lead you in the path of righteousness. I'm going to, I'm going to put you in the right place at the right time. He says, you don't have to worry about being in the right place and doing this right or doing it. No, 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 no. You don't have to be consumed. Just be consumed with the shepherd and his ability to provide for you and your, your obedience to him. And he says, I will lead you. I will lead you down paths of righteousness for my namesake, for my namesake. He says, I'm going I'm to put you in the right place at the right time. Don't worry. The Lord says, I'm going to hook you up. I'm sorry, hook you up. I'm going to provide for you in supernatural ways that will <laughs> miraculously change and transform your life. I'm going to hook you up. I'm going I'm I'm to put you in the right place at the right time so my name can get glory. No, 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 no. It's not going to be for your glory. It's not going to be for your name. It says, but I'm going to put you in the right place at the right time so people can see what I'm doing in your life and give my name glory. How, how, many, uh, how many single brothers in the house? All the single brothers, raise your hand. All the single brothers. Come on, brother. Don't be... Come on. All right. My man, you single? How old are you? 18? All right. You look pretty good. <laughs> you, uh, well, pick somebody out. <laughs> Come on, it's the spirit of the Lord. Come on, it's moving. I'm, I'm going to hook you up. Come on. He said, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> this lady over here just looked at me like I was, I was like, is he serious? Wow, this is spiritual Sunday. No, all right, no. 
Single brothers, you don't have to try to figure out how you're going to find the right wife. Or, or, or single sisters, uh, you don't have all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Uh, raise your hand, all the single ladies, raise your hand. All right? All the single ladies, all the single ladies. All right, all right. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Okay, so you don't have to. I love it because only seven people got that. I love it. You, you don't have to spend your life consumed worried about, am I going to find her? Am I going to try to be in the right? He says, no, 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 no. I'm going to put you in the right place at the right time so you can get the right man, so you can get the right phone number and marry the right woman so that way your friends will look at you and be like, man, how did you do that? And you will look up to heaven and say it was for his name's sake because she too fine for me to get on my own. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, just look at, look at Troy. Come on, look at him. That's, you know what I'm saying? And every other man here that's got a wife should do this immediately. This is, oh, come on, you better do it before you be in trouble on the couch tonight. Man, how did you get her? His name's sake. You know what I'm saying? Next time you, next time you out to dinner and somebody says, so how did y'all meet? Just do this. <laughs> because he says, I'm the shepherd. I know what you need. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to anticipate your needs. So when it comes to what you need, I got you. I got you covered. I will lead you down a path of righteousness. And once you get there, I'm going to hook you up so good. People are going to say, how did that happen? You say, his name's sake. People will look at your family and see the crisis that you should be in. Because they know how, 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 how terrible the times are and they know how bad your kids are. And yes, they do know how bad your kids are. And they would say, Sheila. I'm sorry, wrong, wrong crowd. Uh, they would say, Becky. <laughs> I would say, Becky, OMG. <laughs> SMH. Shaking my head, shaking my head. How did you do that? How are you holding it together? He said, it's for his name's sake. They would say, Jim, working on a job. But they know how much money you make and they know how much bills you, how many bills you have and how it doesn't add up. Bill, how are you surviving? How, how are you able to, to maintain it? For his name's sake. Lead me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. All right, I think we're ready for the next one. Uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Wait a minute. Hold on, God. How do we end up here? Uh, we was just in the grass drinking um, some distilled water, and now all of a sudden we're in the shadow of death, Jesus? Death, Jesus? How do we end up here? Could it be that even when following Jesus, we'll find ourselves in hard places? Could it be that even when following Jesus, we'll find ourselves in difficult situations? Even when following Jesus, the doctor will still say, she has cancer. Even when following Jesus, the doctor will still say, I don't think she's going to make it. Even when following Jesus, they'll still say, I'm sorry, Jim, but we have to let you go. Anybody been following Jesus long enough to know him in that way? Even when following Jesus, you will still face hard days. But David says, don't you worry and don't you fear. Because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. 
And although you walk through hard times, you will never, ever walk alone. It's kind of like this. I remember when I was a little kid, I went to, uh, when I was in high school, uh, I went to, uh, I was hanging out with my cousins. And y'all, uh, my cousins are just, they, they are just thugs. Um, uh, if you ever, let me see here, if you ever, if you ever find yourself going to get in a bar fight, uh, you want to you wanna call them and have them meet you there. Um, because they're the type of brothers that you just want. Now, I just said that because I've never been in a bar fight in my life, but I just figured Green Bay. Uh, there's some, some, some bar fights going on out here after the, after the big game, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, but, but, but the, these guys were rough. I, and I was just a little church choir boy. I was just not the guy to be fighting. So I remember we went to this, to this dance, and I had on, I was looking good, y'all. I had on this, this orange blue jean outfit. Uh, I know it don't sound right, but it looked tight, I'm telling you. Uh, I'm sorry, it looked tight. Uh, not physically tight, but... Like, visually tight. Uh, never mind. Uh, it was looking good. It was looking good. It was a car and I outfit. And this guy just started running at me, and he was, like, cussing and, and yelling. And we was like, what's going on? So we, we thought, wow, so this dude about to beat somebody up. He's about to be a fight. So, you know, like every high school fight, um, you, you just kind of start getting in a circle. You know, you kind of get in a circle. And I kept noticing when I got in a circle, the circle kept getting around me. Uh, like, what are y'all doing? And he was trying to fight me still to this day. I don't know why he was trying to fight me. I guess, you know, I was, I was looking good in my little, you know, blue orange outfit, you know. I, I don't know what that was about. So he, he, he come and he just start fighting. But then I had my cousins. My cousins rushed in. Let me, let me see. Let's do it like this. Excuse me, sir. Could you help me out? Could you stand right there in the middle? You're going to be an angry, loud black man. All right. All right. All right. My, these, these two guys right here. Y'all come here. Help me out. Y'all gonna be my, uh, my thuggish, ruggish cousins, all right? So y'all stand right there, okay, all right? So, so he, he's gonna start coming at me. When he comes at me, y'all rush in, all right? All right, so first of all, sir, I need you to just, just start pointing your finger and cussing real loud, go. No, I was just checking, I was just checking, you know? I don't know how y'all do church in Green Bay, you know? <laughs> Detroit, what kind of church is this really? You know, I'll have to find out. Okay. All right. No, no, no. But just kind of point at me like you're ready to fight me. All right? All right? Oh, yeah. That's it. But, but now, come on. You got to come on at me. Come on. Yeah. 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 C- come on at me. You ain't been in no fight. Okay. Now, come on. Now, come, y'all come in. All right? All right? All right? All right? Now, now, y'all know when my cousin showed up, this dude changed his mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Walk away. Just like that, too. That's exactly how it is. And you can go back and sit with your wife. I think she needs you. All right? All right? Okay. Right. Not y'all. All right? So, you know, I was like, yeah. What, son? What? Yeah, yeah. What's up? What? 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 You know? But for the rest of the night, guess where I was? I was with my cousins. If they went to the left, I went to the left. Let's go to the left. They went to the right, I went to the right. Let's go to the right. For the, for the rest of the night, we was right there together because, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. <laughs> Albert, what are you trying to say? I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how difficult the situation. I don't care how rough the season may be. You don't have to fear because you will not walk alone. David says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's just the shadow. You don't have to fear any evil because the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I will never leave you. I will be right there. Thy rod, thy staff, 
They will comfort me. They will carry you. They will protect you in the time of trouble. So if you're going through a hard time this morning, if you're facing, facing some difficult and hard days, hear me when I tell you, don't fear because the Lord is with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies, even in the midst of adversary, even in the midst of other people working against me. He's preparing a table and he's providing for me. He's watching over me. Thou anointest my head with oil. He's going to give me this divine enablement to do what I cannot do in my own strength. Uh, thy cup runneth over. Wait a minute. A few minutes ago, we were on empty. Now, after following him and trusting in him, our cup is running over. It says, surely, I love it, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, many times we find ourselves chasing goodness and mercy, working extra hours, working overtime, trying to chase goodness and mercy, trying to chase the goodness, hoping that it happens, trying to gambling, wondering, can, can, can we succeed? Can we experience success? Will the Lord favor us? Will he work this out? And we find ourselves working overtime and working hard and stressing out, trying to chase goodness and mercy. Many times it looks like this. Come here, you two guys, come here real quick. Yeah. Many times it looks like this. You, your goodness and your mercy. Y'all walk over there. Many times it's us trying to go after goodness and mercy. Walk a little faster. We're in this like us chasing goodness and mercy. Mercy's a little slow. But okay, now listen, watch this. But it says, watch this. He says, when you trust me, when you allow me to be the shepherd, you don't have to follow goodness and mercy. He says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me will follow you all the days of your life. So regardless of where you go, regardless of what happens, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. And I will dwell in the house. I don't have to chase it. It's going to chase. Come on, you finished the deal. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. You ever been this close to a black man before? I mean, I'm just going to tell you, once you go black, <laughs> the Lord will take you to heaven, brother. I'm telling you now. Okay. All right. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Psalm 23. All right. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Thank you, fellas. I love the last part. And it says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell. Translation, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going to move. Oh, this is a big church. Because I'm out of breath. But when a preacher's out of breath, he just tries to make it talk dramatic with it. Try to breathe it in. Surely. <laughs> he says, I will dwell. He says, I'm going to stay right here. Why would I leave? 
Because in this place, the Lord is providing for me. In this place, the shepherd is meeting all of my needs. In this place, he's making me lie down in in places that bring nourishment. In this place, he's turning down the noise of the world and turning up his restoration in my life. In this place, I don't have to run on E. In this place, I'm provided for even in the midst of adversaries. In this place, goodness and mercy is chasing me. Why should I leave? Surely I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I will stay here. This will not be a place where I just visit on the weekends. This will not be a place where I just try to go for vacation. I will dwell in the house. I will rest here. R-E-S-T. Rest. R-E-S-T. How do you spell trust? R-E-S-T. Because if you're trusting and not resting, then you're not trusting. It is here in verse 6 where David gives us a picture of what trust looks like. And trust, friends, looks like this. I'm not leaving your presence, God. I'm going to stay right here. The storms are coming. The distractions are coming. It's really hard right now. But I will dwell in the house of the Lord Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. I'm not leaving. Because friends, this is what trust looks like. It's your relentless pursuit of the shalom and the rest of God. R-E-S-T. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, not because it's something super spiritual. I just don't want you to be distracted in this moment. Because I have some very serious questions to ask you. Everything in this passage, God does. Except three things. The three opportunities that we have to respond. I shall not want. I shall not fear. And I will dwell. If you got wants in here today, and if you're ready to tell the truth about them and confessed that those wants don't align with the shepherd, you clearly have things that you desire that are outside of the shepherd's provision. You want them, the shepherd doesn't want you to have them. If that's you today, it's time for you to surrender those wants to the shepherd. And to say like Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Not my will, Father, but thy will be done. If you're in this room today, I want to pray for you. If you're in here and you have wants that are outside of the shepherd's will for your life. Or or if you've got wants, and to be honest, you say, Albert, I just don't know. I'm desperately seeking clarity. Because I want these things, but I don't want them at the expense of my relationship with the shepherd. So if you've got wants that are outside of the shepherd's will... Or you've got this fog where you're desperately seeking clarity. Would you just stand up right where you are? Just stand up right there. Just stand up right there. Right where you are. I want to pray with you. Stand up right where you are. If that's you. If you've got wants that are not aligned with the shepherd. If you're sitting in here today and you say, Albert, when you talk about fear, man, you're talking about me. Because Albert, I used to walk by faith, but now I walk by fear. 
Every time I sense the Lord leading me, I allow fear just to cripple me. I feel paralyzed. I feel this sense of God's leading and him wanting to take me somewhere and wanting to move me. But fear just overwhelms me. There are things that I want to move on, things that I want to jump out on, things that I just want to take a leap of faith. But I'm crippled by the fear and I cannot move. Albert, I want to be led by faith and not by fear. And today I want to surrender the fear. If that's you today, stand up right where you are. If that's you. I want to surrender my fear and receive faith. If that's you, stand up right where you are. Finally, you say, Albert, my biggest problem is my inability to dwell. Albert, if I was to tell you the truth, my life is like a roller coaster. I feel like I'm on a spiritual roller coaster. I'll have great moments and great moments with God, and I'll have these powerful breakthroughs, and then Monday comes. And when Monday comes, it seems as if I'm just on the wrong track. It seems as if I lose it all. So I dwell in his presence, but as soon as anxiety or as soon as the temptation or distraction comes, I jump out of his presence and I start going my own way. And Albert, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of visiting a place where I should dwell. I'm tired of just showing up at a place where I need to be living. I'm an orphan. And I feel like I'm wandering without a home. And the shepherd has provided a home for me. So Albert, in many ways, I just want to come home. I want to come home, if that's you. And you're saying, Lord, I need you to give me strength to stay here. Would you just stand up on your feet? Just stand up, if that's you. If that's you, just stand up. Father, I thank you so much for your spirit because your spirit can do a work that powerful words cannot do. Your spirit can do a work that uh, beautiful melodies cannot do. Your spirit can do a work that brings about the eternal transformation that we all desperately need. So now we call on your spirit to do what man cannot do. God, through your spirit, we surrender our wants to you. If you're surrendering wants, just lift those hands all over the room. God, you see our hands lifted up. That's just an external sign of an internal reality. God, if you could, if, 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 as you look at my heart, you will see my heart is lifted and surrendered over to you. My soul is lifted and surrendered over to you. God, I let go of my wants. I lay them at your feet. And I simply say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. God, I surrender the fear. No longer will I make decisions based on fear. No longer will I be driven by fear. No longer will I parent in fear. No longer will I lead my business in fear. No longer will I have my relationship with you fueled by fear. But today, I release the fear in God. Through your spirit, I receive the faith. Give me the faith so that I can be obedient when I hear your voice calling me. Give me the faith. So I won't be a wayward sheep, but a submitted sheep. Finally, God, help us to stay here. Help us not to make this a place of occasional visitation. But truly, like David said, we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Today, we turn in our ticket, we get off the roller coaster, and we submit to this discipled, disciplined life. Help us Fall in line with the sacred rhythms that keeps us in your presence. 
not taken off beat by the rhythms of this world that lead us out of step with you. God, we submit to you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me down paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Lord, you're preparing tables before me in the presence of my enemies. Lord, anoint my head with oil. May my cup run over, and surely goodness and mercy, thank you, Jesus, will follow me all the days of my life. And in this place today, I submit, and I will dwell in your house forever and ever. Amen.